Need more time? Want more from your business and your life? Welcome to the Simple Life Habits Podcast, where you'll learn how to work less, do more, and live your life with greater focus. Now, now, now. here's your host, Jonathan, Jonathan Milligan. Today we're going to get beyond the to-do list. This is Jonathan. Welcome to the Simple Life Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to work less, do more, and live with greater focus. Before we get into today's topic, I want to thank all of you for your kind comments and the downloads keep growing on iTunes. Please take a moment, subscribe, rate us if you would. We would be forever grateful. So today I'm excited about the guest that I have for you. We're actually going to be having a conversation with Eric Fisher. He is the producer of the ever-growing and ever-popular productivity podcast called Beyond the To-Do List. And it's just a great conversation that we're going to have. I want you to hear the lessons that he has learned. It's been an amazing journey for him. He has had the ability in a short period of time to interview some of the most successful people that are out there in the market today. He's had conversations with Michael Hyatt, David Allen from Getting Things Done, Dan Miller, the best-selling author of uh, 48 Days to the Work You Love, and many others that I think you will really begin to understand what he's learned from them. And that's really his goal in his podcast, Beyond the To-Do List, is to talk about those items behind the scenes. These people, how do they go about their work? How do they go about their morning? How do they manage life in general? And so he's going to share the themes that um, he is learning, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, it's my privilege to have Eric Fisher with us today. Eric is the producer of one of the fastest growing podcasts on iTunes called Beyond the To-Do List. He's interviewed many of the great minds in personal productivity, such as David Allen of the Getting Things Done book, Michael Hyatt, Dan Miller, and many others. Welcome to the show, Eric. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We were just chit-chatting. He lives in Indiana. That's where I was born and raised, but now I'm a Floridian. So has the snow been heavy this year or has it been pretty mild? Uh, A couple moments here and there, but it's it's very mild now. Yeah. Well, my my wife considers cold to be about 50 degrees. So, uh, but of course she, she's used to living in Florida. Yeah. She would not be happy. (laughs) I agree with that. I think we visited one time, and she was good at seeing everything and coming back to Florida. So, yeah. well, I've got you know just maybe some questions I'd like to ask you. I think it'd be great for our audience. A lot of our audience they find themselves busy with life. There's a lot of things they're juggling. They're looking for tips, ideas, helpful ways to kind of manage their life or even simplify their life. Is really much the mantra of what we do on Simple Life Habits. But I've been an active listener pretty much since the beginning. I've listened to every episode so far. I've enjoyed just listening to you talk with many of these great minds. And what I love, too, is it's not just the um, 
the productivity gurus out there? I mean, you're, you are interviewing people who are not necessarily in the productivity niche. They're doing other things, but you're talking to them about how they go about getting things done, which is something I enjoy. I guess my first question for you is what prompted you to start this beyond the to-do list podcast? Sure. Well, um, I, I've been a podcaster now since about 2007, on and off with a bunch of different things. At the time of the idea of this podcast coming about, and even now, I was doing uh, a regular segment, or actually a regular social media show and segment on another show called Podcast Answer Man. That's Cliff Ravencraft. Mm-hmm. Cliff ravenscraft's show uh i've known him since the end of 2005 basically when he started podcasting and anybody who who knows podcasting knows he's he's definitely one of the go-to people Hmm. as far as podcasting goes and so uh, as i was doing that show with him as a co-host and we're talking about social media because that's my day job and i do you know marketing and social media in my day job i just knew you know what I, i need to not just be pushing out on on Facebook and Twitter and things links to you know here's how you do this but stuff that was my own content my mm-hmm. stuff that I was creating myself and I just wasn't doing that and I and I was just like well I could start a blog but honestly I don't have as much time I have a much I have much more experience basically with mm-hmm. podcasting than I do with blogging and I thought I can definitely do a solo podcast, but what am I going to do it on? Well, ultimately, it came down to uh, I was at Blog World in June of 2012, and Michael Hyatt was there, and we'd met, you know, we'd interacted a bit online. He knew me from Cliff's show, which was really cool to find out, and and so went to meet him in person and shake his hand. And I went there with a friend of mine, and he and her and I talked for a couple minutes and he turned to her and said, now I have an interview with you coming up, right? That we scheduled. And she says, yeah, you know, about a week or so. And I'm sitting there and in my head, I'm thinking <laughs> he had, she has an interview with him. How, how did she get an interview with him? And then I thought, wait a second, I could get an interview with him. Yeah. And then it hit me, wait a second. I don't know what I would ask him about. And so I thought, well, what would I ask him? What would I ask him? And if, and, and then I thought, wait, if I could ask him anything I could ask a person you know like him who's had a, a lot of experience with success and building platform like his book says and mm-hmm. his blog which i read every up you know every post and and even his podcast that he had launched which was really awesome to hear i thought you and honestly his podcast came out and i was like dang it his podcast is good and, and it's almost what i wanted to do so i gotta figure <laughs> out something else better to do i don't think he knows that but uh it really was it was like oh i wish i had started sooner and so I was like, well, what do I do to start now? And uh, ultimately it came down to I realized I wanted to know personally myself on a, on a personal journey of discovery. How do I talk to these all these different people? How do I network with them, not necessarily for them to do me favors so much as network with them so that I can talk to their friends and their friends' friends and so on and so on all these successful people how can i ask them how are they how did they become so successful in not the questions that normal people would ask them or that they've been asked all this time i'll say this probably for the first time out loud ever that uh, one of my dream interviews will be to get a hold of and interview dave ramsey 
Mm-hmm. People have talked to him tons about leadership and obviously about financial. I want to ask him all the different, you know, personal, mm. time management, productivity, leader, his own self leadership mm-hmm. outside of a outside of a leadership of an organization or even his family. Although I would want to touch on that more. How does how is he leading his li- his own life? And so once I kind of realized, oh, I'm really kind of just doing my own version of the Entree Leadership podcast, just. I need, you know, basing it on productivity. Well, suddenly that angle, that angle of personal productivity perspectives, it, it suddenly it was like, whoa, this this can happen. And so I, I kind of did a, a rough draft of the show. I let uh, our friend who you just interviewed, Andy Traub, and another person, Justin Lucas Savage, I emailed them the link to that. And they listened and they said, just start, go, do it. And I was like, all right. So obviously the two of them and, and Cliff were the first three interviews and then Michael. And it kind of all just took off from there. I started mm-hmm. asking people. I started uh, – people started noticing the show. It started to, to get ratings. It started to get downloads, subscribers, et cetera, and it just started growing. So that's – it's a long answer to a short question. But honestly, it's all about – it was never about making a name for myself and it still is. It's all about me learning and me sharing that learning. Yeah, I love that. And if you've ever heard the journey for John Maxwell, who many people know, mm-hmm. he took a similar journey where he, when he was very young, he would grab the the ears of some of the what he would consider successful people and take them to lunch and just repeated that over and over and over again until he learned from them what they were doing. And that's what I love about the podcast is you actually ask a very specific question to each of them. And I, I if it's not exactly this, maybe you could, I think it's something like in an ideal world, how would you, how do you start your day? Yeah, that's exactly it. And I I guess that kind of leads me to this, listening to these people and getting these perspectives. What are some of the bigger lessons you've learned from interviewing some of these other successful people? Is there any big lessons or maybe there's not just one thing, maybe you could just share a few or maybe there is one. I don't know. I think the one main lesson that I I am learning, and it really does come along with that question that I kind of prime for every single interview, which is the the ideal world question or the the ideal morning, I guess, is that not only is it not just about your morning, but it's also about the night before. Uh, I know one of the interviewees, uh, Allie Worthington, she's not a morning person. She's a night owl. So she'll stay up and do that morning type stuff the evening before because her energy level is just not going to be something that she can do those morning things uh, in the morning. She does mm-hmm. them in the evening. She gets the lunches ready for the kids the night before and, and other things like that. And so, But I think, again, the, the biggest lesson is whether you're a morning person or whether you're a night owl, and, and we could go off on a whole tangent, and really I've not had somebody yet talk about this on the show about you know optimizing when you're most best using your energy, but it's that you have to be a bit more strategic with your time. And that's actually something that I've had some success with in the past. I'm now having infinitely more success with it. Thanks to again, Andy Traub's uh, early to rise book, which I know Mm -hmm. you were a part of the the pre-launch for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of kicking myself because honestly, I'd done an early to rise thing for myself two different times in the past decade where, you know, 
there were months and months of just higher productivity uh, because I was getting up early and I was going and working out and I was doing, you know, those things that, and this is the answer to the question, prepared my day to be the day it needed to be where, whether it was that I uh, woke myself up earlier and got stuff done ahead of time or prepared, had things set out or um, mentally prepared or physically prepared or, you know, served my um, family by making them breakfast or, you know, all of the above, all those different things that, in other words, you can choose to, you, you can want things, but unless you choose to do the actions that set those wants up to be possible, it's not going to happen. Hmm. And so... Again, that's probably the biggest lesson right there. That kind of ties in again with uh, one of my favorite episodes, which is the conversation I had with Dan Miller, which was just talking about, you know, five-year goals and, and you know, say you can – where you're at right now, if you're not happy with where you're at, then you need to decide, well, what is it, do, what is it that you really want? Most people don't even ask themselves that, let alone five years out. And uh, if you look at five years ahead down the horizon and say, well, that's where I want to be. I want to be this person or I want to do this thing or I want to be free of this thing that holds me back by then. And then you work your way backwards from that five years with all the steps and you even don't eliminate the possibility to dream. And again, eliminate the word impossible from your vocabulary. Suddenly you realize that, okay, it's it's not just about learning this specific skill or practicing this thing or you know fill in the blank on all these different steps you'd need to do it's also about starting now and consistently doing the actions uh that you need to do in order for all those little action steps to happen Hmm. yeah that's that's good you know some of what you're just talking about i've had those conversations with my wife you know i work from home I can have a tendency to plant myself behind the computer all day, all evening, whenever I have time. And I had that conversation with her recently of, you know, I I didn't trade working in a cubicle, sitting behind a computer to come at home and sit behind a computer all day. What is it that I really want? And what I recognized is, you know, like you just talked about that, Understanding your when your energy is high and when it's low is so essential. For me, it just gets really low in the afternoons. You know, I work at home. My kids come home around 3 o'clock. That's when I'm at my low point. It's a little bit harder to concentrate because my, my kids are home. You know, I want to connect with them. I don't want to seem unavailable to them. I'm, I'm not really in the mood to write or to produce a podcast with, you know, them playing in the house. So... It's like, why fight against that? And instead, that's when you take your your break for the day. You know, rearrange your schedule. And there's been times where I've worked at night um, after the kids have gone to bed because I've it's uninterrupted time for me and I feel awake, alive, and alert, enthusiastic, and ready to do it. And the other thing is there, you know, the morning is tackling those things. If you have those things that are just really nagging at you all day long and you're frustrated that you're not getting to it, Start it first thing in the morning. Do it first thing in the morning, and that's what's helped me is go ahead and get them out of the way so that you don't have to have it nagging you all day long. Yeah, I think that's referred to as, and I forget his name, uh, eating the frog. It was like, yeah. if, look, if the one thing on your to-do list today is to eat that frog, 
then you may as well do it first thing and get it over with because otherwise it's going to be, you know, nagging at you the entire day. Yeah, and Michael Hyatt, I think, has an awesome post about it. I think he calls it slaying your dragons before breakfast. That's it. Yeah, that's another way of putting it. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm just curious, in your own workflow or in your own managing your day or just all the all the plates that you have spinning, do you have any favorite tools or apps or maybe something you can share that maybe you use on a daily basis? Yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to think here. I My work is very much – I'm an iOS person, so I've got an, an iPad. I've got a Mac book at home and at work and I've got an iPhone 5 just recently and so I'm always looking for something that's going to sync across all of mm. those um, and I've I've been one who's been guilty of you know trying out or investigating productivity apps a little bit too much um, <laughs> I am starting to settle in on OmniFocus which they are coming out with a, a new version for the, the desktop soon Um but and that has iOS cap- capabilities as well. That I'm kind of holding off on jumping into that wholeheartedly until the new version comes out because then it'll be, you know, I'll be jumping on the ground floor with it. Um, but something that I do use and actually was talking about yesterday on line with people on Twitter was Text Expander. I love that mm-hmm. uh, yesterday because I've been getting a lot of requests at work for to do a certain thing. And the answer is always going to be, or almost always going to be on that one, no. And mostly because it, me doing that thing isn't, one, time effective for myself, or two, most effective for the person making the request. There's actually a better place for them to get go and get their message out and about to the, the college community where I work. And mm-hmm. so I just said, okay, this is the third request in the past couple weeks. I'm not going to keep retyping this email. I, I created a, I, I created a, a uh, snippet that essentially I type in four letters and suddenly bloop bloop it shows up in that email, and so it, it suddenly I don't have to keep retyping that email. Now I will go in and I'll change like a word or two here or there, or even write a sentence at the very end that clarifies. But yeah, text expander is one of those things where just creating those snippets that save you tons of time. Because you've done the work the one time, and now you can reuse that work you did the one time over and over and over again. That's just that's becoming much more of a time saver. I used to use it all the time, kind of, kind of got away from it. Now I'm using it again, um, and it ha- it has iOS capability, an iOS app as well. Um, another one that I'm using, I, I've used a couple different ones that are like just you know capture applications like ByWord. Um, what else I've been using drafts is really cool on the iPhone and the iPad where you type in some text and you can save it there as you know a document or or a I don't know what they call it but then if you open that and then hit the the you know the send button or the share button suddenly it's got all these options where you can either tweet what you said or post it to Facebook you can email it send it to the calendar or a, a text or I mean you can send it to all these different apps that you have installed so it's so versatile like I've got a list here right now I, I basically this morning um, in while I was sitting on the the bike exercising I whipped my phone out typed about 
five different things that I knew were the things I absolutely had to do today. Well, let me ask you this, and maybe we've kind of answered this already a little bit today, is for that person that's listening and maybe they're overwhelmed, they're trying to manage a life, they're, they're busy, uh, there's a lot going on. Do you have any tips or pointers that maybe you could offer to somebody who is filling that in their life right now? Um, man, that's, that is a bit difficult to answer because it is very contextual. Uh, I can say this, that if I were in that position, which uh, typically I am actually sometimes feeling very overwhelmed (laughs) is, you know, I, I would say, sit down, you know, take a break, take your lunch and, you know, have a, have a small meal, drink a glass of water, whatever that you need to do to, you know, fill up, but then not spend your entire time eating. Find some substitute time, sit down, and do what David Allen talks about, which is to do the the brain dump or the mind Mm -hmm. sweep, whatever you want to call it, and just get a bunch of stuff out of your head because initially what you're feeling is the anxiety of feeling like you have a lot to do. And unfortunately, what will happen sometimes is either you will write that stuff all down and feel overwhelmed even more and say, wow, there's a lot more here than even I was aware of that I was thinking of. Um, And that may happen, but part two is then you will also probably feel a bit of a relief to have it out of your head and know you've gotten it written down and that you can actually then start to group or list or even say, well, this thing, um, I've been worrying about it, but it's taken care of, or it's something I can't do anything about for six months. So you move it to a, you know, a six month list or whatever that honestly is one of those things that you, you absolutely have to do from time to time, which is just literally you're feeling overwhelmed. So you need to get underwhelmed. You've got to remove Hmm. all those things. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's just really great. And then look objectively objectively, and say, all right, what of these are the most important? Yeah. So doing a triage of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, uh, I think that's just great advice. And it's, that's exactly what I'd be telling somebody. In fact, I've had those conversations with my wife when she's felt overwhelmed about all this stuff going on. I said, well, let's get it all out. Let's stop right now and let's get all that out. And let's kind of tackle it together. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I, again, I, and this is something I struggle with. My wife and I both struggle with is the fearing, the feeling of being fearful or having just a paralyzing Hmm. effect of having too much. So, you know, one, what are some of those things on that list also that you can maybe without, if there's no hard feelings or hurt feelings or commitments that are that are broken, but you still you know get out of having some stuff to do, what can you what can you delegate to someone else or what can you you know how do you lower the load or how do you mm-hmm. prioritize and say okay here's this one thing it's super important and it's a, a big task. All right, can we knock it out in the next day or two? Or here's a bunch of small ones that aren't as important but do need to be done in, in a couple weeks and if we do them and it'll take five minutes for each of them and then they're done you know whatever you can do to create either uh, less expectation less work or momentum or all of the above that's what you you sit down and you figure out with whether that 
it, whether that's with you and yourself and the commitments you've made yourself or that's you with your team or your boss or your wife who might also be your boss exactly so <laughs> awesome well i think this is going to be real helpful for people and i really appreciate you spending time with us today eric and just kind of um helping our audience hear your thoughts on personal productivity time management and managing life in general well I guess let's wrap it up by saying where can the listeners here find you? Where can they connect with you personally? Sure. Um, well, uh, anybody can shoot me an email through the, the feedback form right there on the show site. I'd love for you to go check out the podcast. It's beyondthetodolist.com. And other than that, shoot me a tweet at Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. That's my Twitter username. Perfect. Great. Well, again, thanks for being on the show, and we hope to connect with you again in the future, and I encourage my listeners to add Beyond the To-Do List in there, subscribe to it in their podcast app. I know I have it, and I love listening to it. And as at the time of this recording, Season 2 is just about ready to be released, and I know you're going to have many more great guests with insights. So... Thanks again for the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Great.